Hi, this is Love, Joanna Treylove. Welcome back to my podcast. I've been thinking about what we should chat about, and then it hit me. My greatest love of all. It was very clear to me in a conversation with my little girl. I have four children. Uh, One is 23, another 22, 18, and 15. Two boys and two girls. My oldest are boys and my youngers are girls. They are my greatest love of all. They are my greatest teachers and they are my greatest connectors and connections from being their mom and really not just being their mom, but from feeling them grow in my body. I had to attune to a different awareness. I had to waken up to some extent so that I could really have the awareness of what perhaps it would be like to see out of their lenses. And with that vision, with that understanding and empathy and compassion, I began to change the way I spoke. I began to change the way I reacted. There were things that, my God, never bothered me before. But, you know, when it came to my children, I was, you know, um, the greatest defensive warrior in the world to protect them, you know. And, um, and then there were moments of, of um, that, that resistance and that challenge of parent and child where um, you reconcile with creating boundaries and discipline and creating structure. And, and when you lose your temper and, you know, you say things that um, you, you step back from and listen and observe and you're like, oh, my God. Um, to the, the moments in motherhood that, that unfold before you and you see just God through them. You hear God speaking to you through them. You know, the moments that humble you because you are watching them and really feeling them um, experience some some moments that maybe you have and you can relate to a part of you might want to save them and make it easier and and then a part of you knows like ah this is not that time you know it's it's time to teach them you know how to stand on their feet and problem solve and how to you know um, feel consequences from their choices and uh, and then there's moments when you want to cultivate their thinking and, and ask them questions and give them an opportunity to have value because they're being heard. And um, I think for me as a mom, the older I got, the, 
the better I got. Um, and I think the reason I was getting better was because I was less and less perfect. I was, um, I was losing my mind. I was falling apart. I was, you know, feeling the real, the real trenches of motherhood, what it's like to be up all night and, and to feed a baby on nothing other than your own energy and existence, what it's like to be left home alone with children all day when they fight and they, you know, um, need you and they, they don't want to take, you know, a break and you do (laughs) what it is like when your child is in trouble and you have to listen to, you know, what that was, what had happened. And then you have to rise into a place of parenting and, um, provide them feedback perhaps, or discipline or, um, support maybe, uh, you know, my children were all very, very different and, uh, they were all raised by me, but I wasn't the same the entire time that I was raising them. There were different phases in my life in which I was maybe a young mom that was married, you know, in her 20s that uh, was staying home and, you know, taking him back and forth to mommy and me playgroups. And we spent afternoons at the park and we did art class and we baked cookies. Yeah, I had all those amazing experiences. And not every mom in their 20s has that experience, right? That, that, that phase of motherhood could look different to people. I went on to, you know, have four children uh, before I was, you know, or I should say by the time I was 30 years old, I had four children. And um, I was able to do that because I was able to stay home and raise them and purely focus on their well-being. And there's so much value in that. I appreciate that life experience more than anything in my life. It, it is one of the most amazing gifts that I had was to be able to um, be in a safe environment uh, so that I could raise my children with the world at our fingertips. Um, it was a really amazing gift. And that gift was expensed by the absence of their dad. Their dad um, was also in his 20s and working and working very hard to provide for our children and our family. And I'll never know what that feels like because I wasn't that, but I have great appreciation for the roles that we were able to play in in that time and for our children. We did the absolute best that we knew. And um, I really think it made all the difference in the lives of my children. They uh, were really allowed to be creative and they had a lot of exposure to different places in our world as we traveled and we ate different foods and, you know, we had a, a family that was gathered in, in their, their differences and they were exposed to a lot of different things, yeah. 
as my children got older and, and changed, so did I. In fact, so did their dad. And as our desires changed, we evolved and had different needs. And at one point, my needs became greater than what I was willing or able to sustain. And from that, I got divorced. In my mid-30s, I became a single mom. And I went from raising all of my children in a safe, predictable environment to being a single parent raising my children in an environment that, um, looking back, was very stable and very um, reliable for my children. But I remember the depth of those feelings felt very different to me because I didn't have the safety of their dad being around anymore. It was solely up to me to to do all of the things that the two of our relationships were taking to raise them. And therefore, their needs weren't met as much as they were when they had both of their parents and their attention. Those dynamics changed. Sometimes my children would see their fathers on the weekend, and sometimes they would not, but they never saw their mom and dad together again under those those realms or those 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 spaces of relationships and what they were seeing was a mom that was you know now trying to explore what it was like to go back to work to fall in love again and date to take care of herself all by herself independently to um have dreams and goals that were outside of just the children, have desires to go back to school, have desires to, you know, um, reach um, and, and set fire to some dreams of being an entrepreneur and um, using, you know, her education to help heal the world. And when that passion was ignited, the love for my children shifted. Because the more that I tuned in to what I loved and felt passionate for, the more aware I was of how important it was to do that. Because what that was teaching my children was an empowerment, a space for them to embody what they soon would learn to be their passions and their independence and their own personal love. And as my children aged, life took its place. There were ups and downs. I have a son that is now 23 who is really passionate about making music and um, loves business and making money. So he's studying that. He started off 
just knowing that he didn't want to go to college right away. And he chose to take a year off and, and work and spend some time with his dad and discovering that relationship all on his own. And that relationship really matured for him and I and seeing him move into his first apartment and the shift that happens in, in parenting in that phase, you know, becomes more a little advisatory. You're, you're not as, as strict and boundary um, driven because you now know that they are going to be taking some of the things that they learned from their upbringing and applying it to how they were going to create a household of their own, perhaps with roommates or not. But nonetheless, these attributes, the love, the discipline, the motivation, the independence, the creativity, the passion, it's passed on. Your kids see that in us. Your kids see that in you. They, they saw that in me. And um, it's, it's such a humble moment when you realize that you have ever so influenced And as my son has gotten older, and so am I, the benefit of that is knowing that I now know that it's so important to not tell him what to do, but to respect him finding his own way and to um, respect that if he and I feel differently, we can still love each other and support each other. And that communication is practice and that we learn new ways regularly on how to keep communicated and connected now that we don't live in the same household and share our every day. And I'll tell you, the icing on the cake is watching my son figure out that he can go to school and learn music at the same time that He can take some classes and learn business and that it feels really good going to school when he knows what he wants and what he wants to study. It's even better watching him fall in love and have a really, really neat relationship with his girlfriend and and just watching them love each other unconditionally and then learn how to um, work with conditions and compromise too. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to know your children. I, I will always um, remember my firstborn and that experience um, for the first time having him in my, my stomach and feeling more than one heartbeat within me. As a mother... You never stop hearing your child's heartbreak beat. You never stop feeling that, no matter the distance, no matter how much trouble they're in, no matter how upset you might be or how you know angry or hurt you might be in your life, whatever, you know, we're human, we go through stuff, but my goodness, you always will feel your child. And um, I was very blessed to have four children. My, my son that follows the first, he was 
I should not say was, he is probably the one of the most remarkable um, human beings that has left such a thumbprint on all of our lives, his brothers and sisters. And I do believe each and he's, his energy, his power is so powerful. I do believe that he leaves a mark on everyone he touches. And I think for him, learning that he is capable of leaving a negative and a positive mark is powerful because, you know, some people don't learn that until they're way older. And he, he gets that at such a young age. And I think he gets that because of how he's been raised and, and treated and some of his challenges and what um, he's seen in his life based on that. Um, my middle boy is um, at Asperger's. He's a, on the autistic spectrum and has high-functioning Asperger's. And, um, or at least that's the title or a name that, you know, tests and theories have, have offered some of, um, his behaviors and how he processes what he feels and what he thinks. Um, if we all had those titles, wouldn't that be awesome? We would know so much about ourselves. I always say that it's a blessing and a curse having it. You know, some people don't find out what their stuff is (laughs) or what they need support with until it's, you know, way late in life. And um, he learned a lot about his strengths and weaknesses at a young age and was supported with a lot of different therapies. And all of those therapies gave him different experiences so that when he became an adult, he could decide which ones he wanted to use. And some, he he swears, you know, were all, um, you know, useless Um, but you know what, um, mom sees him use his tools all the time and she hears him speak in ways that are so, um, so beautiful. And, uh, while I know that some of those therapies he was exposed to may have been very, um, eye-opening and, and, um, gosh, some, you know, he was exposed to other people that were going through things too. And, and that can really awaken you as well. Some were, um, aggressive and violence, some were through, um, drugs and alcohol, some were through, you know, um, pain and every testimony that I hear that he shares Um, they've all been great lessons that he is able to share with somebody else and he's brave and he's, um, he's got a heart of gold and I really believe that his heart of gold and his bravery and his compassion, um, is what inspires other people with such, um, perseverance and he's, he's humble, you know, he, he showboats in the funniest ways. Um, and I think it's just to protect anyone from seeing what he's secretly doing, which is usually a good deed or something for, um, out of the kindness of his heart. 
So, so I guess that makes him noble too. And um, to be a mom and to see your child and love them through those lenses are really beautiful. I'm, I'm so blessed to have that love in my life and so grateful to have two young men in my life that are truly the best relationships I've ever had. And I, I just honor them and I respect them and, and I, I keep trying again. Every time I make a mistake, I'm like, okay, I'm not giving up. I'm going to try again. And shoot, I, I, I made a mistake here. Oh my gosh, I maybe could have said that better. I don't know. And, you know, um, as a mom, I just always have wanted to, um, to be an incredible woman for them, to show them an example of, um, of that so that when they choose a woman for themselves, um, she has some pretty cool qualities <laughs> like, um, you know, passion and, and love and, um, commitment and loyalty and, um, the ability to look at the good in people and the desire to help and serve however I can and um, a heart of gold that that would um, would honor and protect all of that for those that they love. So I try to I try to be some of those things and um, hopes that 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 um, is something they'll attract in their lives too. And you know. It's really a neat, a neat thing when you have something to live for. It's not necessary. I mean, you can definitely live for yourself and you can definitely, you know, have a job and live for your career and, and even an animal and, and all those things. And they're all just forms of love, truly. They're all just forms of love. For me, I first learned this energy through the desire of truly, completely, honestly, no strings attached. I would do it for free. Heck, I did do it for free. Um, But motherhood and being a mom, there are days when I wanted to just be irresponsible and crummy and not show up and sleep all day. And I don't even know, but I wouldn't and I didn't, I got up and I kept going and I put a smile on my face sometimes, or I tried again, or I found a way to yes. Or if I saw them hurting, I learned how to love differently. I even had to speak differently depending on how they could hear things. You know, if that wasn't my way, I had to try a new way. And my children, they they gave me that love. I've never been so committed to anyone in my life like I am my children. It's a love that, well, let's just put it this way. I definitely know that um, if my child was under a car, I could lift that car up because I have that much love to power me to move a mountain 
to get out of the way of one of my kids. And um, it's powerful. And if it's not powerful enough, God gave me four children, right? And after having those two little boys come into my life and sweep me off my feet, and um, they were my greatest joys, my cutest little superheroes, and we ruled the world. And then along came this beautiful little girl, Bella. Bella means beautiful. Ironically, that's her name too. Well, she really, really was and is such a beautiful, sparkling light in our world. And it's not because she's, you know, lived a perfect life and everything just goes great. I mean, she's she's had her share of of learning and experiencing what it's like to now step into becoming a young woman. She had two older brothers to follow. And her father wasn't around as much. Less and less as she grew up. So she was also being raised by a single mom. And feeling what it felt like to have the absence of her father. I can relate to that. My parents were divorced. And my mom and dad, well, as far as I knew, my dad was nowhere. And my mom raised me. I had a stepdad for a long time. But my biological father was not in my life until my adult years. And so I could relate to what it felt like as their father became more and more absent. In fact, it probably was the hardest part for me being divorced. Besides missing my in-laws, I love my in-laws. But that's a whole nother, a whole nother podcast. When you see your children hurt or ache or want, it's such a natural reaction as a parent and really most people to want to provide what a child needs. I couldn't fix that. I couldn't control that. And the more I... (sighs) confronted their dad, the more I think I complicated it. It's hard to love and to not protect. That's always been a a boundary that I wobbled with, understanding that fine line. To see my daughter grow up and to watch her life unfold and And to resonate because not only was she my child, but she was a female just like me. And you start to relate to your children that are of the same sex in ways that, you know, 
going through different things. Like when she started her period, I could relate to that because I had mine, you know, and about the same age. And, you know, when girl stuff comes up or mean girl things, you know, moms know what to say because they're girls and they've experienced it. And, you know, um, you know, to get your first crush on a boy, I'm a girl. I know what that feels like too. Right. So it was a lot of first moments with my daughter and that will always be very special. And when she walked through life as a teenager and experienced her body and her emotions and started to really feel and think about things in life, it always just took my breath away listening to how it sounded like to be her and what it felt like to be her and and to know that as much as we are alike and as much as we can create, she's her own little person and that little person, because we are so much alike, has so much to teach me. And that is a beautiful, beautiful exchange. And I'm really, really grateful that God gave me a little girl and one that is so special and so unique and possesses so much talent that she inspires me. I am so excited to watch her become a woman and find her way in life and discover her shine, her her sparkle. I mean, she discovers it more and more every day, I'll tell you. She's 18 now. Um, but goodness, it's, um, it's pretty cool to, um, to watch. And, and once again, it's, it's that space in parenting where you stop taking them to all their activities and you stop, you know, making their meals and you stop telling them what their schedule is and they now start doing that for themselves, right? So you kind of, you don't, you don't want to get in their way. You want to give them opportunity to have that independence. And that's sometimes the hardest thing is not doing everything for them and not telling them how to think or telling them what to do, but giving them the space to paint their own canvas and to think freely without my influence, to give her that opportunity and I think I, I, I wish that for her because I was heavily influenced with um, some major opportunity, you know, influence with, with, with some major people in my life at that age. I was raised by three, not one, but three moms, I always say. Um, I grew up in a household where um, I lived with my grandmother. My mom was a single mom before she was married to my stepdad, that is, but for half of my childhood. I lived in a home with my grandmother, and my aunt was seven years younger than my mom. So she was like sometimes my best friend, my playmate. As she grew up, I got sad because I lost my buddy, and she became, 
you know, someone that always took care of me while my mom, you know, was being a single woman and, you know, maybe dating or just getting some personal time and, and just figuring things out. And, um, you know, I was in the hands of my grandma who was also a single woman and raising her two daughters. And my aunt who wasn't married yet, um, but in college. So she showed me, you know, some things about being a woman. And, um, and then there was my mom who showed me a whole nother angle of love and life. And, uh, I share these, these great influences of my life because they were there. And sometimes it was pretty heavy and it congested me and it was, it was hard for me to figure out things. And so I try as a mom today to offer my children just enough, but to really honor their space so that they can figure things out for themselves and um, think and be resourceful. And, um, you know, it's really awesome when they come back to you and they, they need your help solving a problem and they ask you questions or they share how they feel. It's a blessing. It, it truly is a blessing. And there's a shift in your relationship and that love changes. I think it grows more. It like amplifies. It multiplies. It matures. It's, it's so enriched with the roots and the time that's been invested that now there's trust and there's reason and there's faith because of um, that nurture. And I got four children. Did I say that? <laughs> I got four of them. So with each child, um, I really felt like I got a new set of eyes, a new set of eyes to see the world out of. So if I saw the world out of, you know, my firstborn son, and I still see the world out of his eyes, I'll never lose those lenses. But then God gave me another little boy, totally different. And I get to see out of his lens. And um, wow, I'll never be the same. And then God gave me another little one, a little girl this time. And boy, did those lenses change my life. So now, after three children, God gave me one more. And this little one, wow, she, I think she gets the best of all of us. She, she definitely has less of a relationship with her father because by now her father is really obsolete in all of our lives. A risk that I knew I was taking when I got divorced. But nonetheless, the older children, they have, they have let me know in their own way that they have fallen into acceptance and learned how to deal and accept with it. But this little one, she's still... She's still feeling it. She's 15. And she's like, 
a beautiful sphere on an axis that's just spinning and turning. And with every turn, she's changing. And she's so brilliant. She's so strong. She was my kiddo that would hand me her schedule and say, okay, mom, I know we have a busy week, but I have to be at dance on this way and I have to be at church on this day. And, uh, it's, I have to be, we're going to carpool on this day, but don't worry on the other days I got a carpool ride home. And, (laughs) and she was just so on top of things. Um, she was my most, most creative and, and confident creative meaning she would turn in art projects before they were due and and without my help and I wouldn't even know what they were until I got to back to school night and saw them hanging hanging on the wall she just took things she's always just taken her life into her own hands and and with this child I get to practice honoring her independence always. It it wasn't really, you know, with the other kids, I honored them when they turned certain ages. You know, they, they kind of all launched at different ages. But this one, the baby, she, she needs less of the things that the other children needed. She needs less of the rides or the, you know, making lunches or the, you know, that, that sort of physical labor, she needs less of that. What she wants is your attention. What she wants is your time. What she wants is to connect and to feel you. And you know, I got to say that she craves those things because she's being raised by a mom that's in that space now too. You know, when I was younger, those things weren't they weren't prevalent in the sense that I didn't have a great awareness to what they felt like to know to want them just yet. It took loving all these children, learning all these years and discovering myself really for me to understand how amazing connection is. And as a result of that, I parented that way. I supported that and I cultivated those environments for her. And as she is growing up, I notice, I listen. And what she shows me and what I hear is that She's so aware. She's probably one of the kindest. No, she's definitely one of the kindest humans I've ever met. Ever so thoughtful, very aware, clever and funny, not afraid to just be herself. I I remember when she was little, it was just when I was beginning to work and she would come with me to work all the time because she was little and uh, I didn't have the means to have pay for, pay for childcare, so my job, my jobs, <laughs> they always catered to me being a mommy, and they worked around my momminess. And so, um, a job as a dance teacher really um, supported me 
because it allowed me to bring her to work. And so she would take dance class and I taught children her age. So it was just perfect. She was in a mommy and me ballet class with her mommy. Her mommy just happened to be the teacher. And, um, you know, if mommy wasn't teaching class, she was teaching Pilates or yoga on the beach and another space that she could bring her toys and play alongside of us. So all these years, she got to hear a language and she got to see people feel and she got to be in expressive environments. So really, it's no wonder when I see her at church so fired up to sing worship or to lead her youth group, to volunteer to help with the kids to really, really connect with adults and, and actually care and, and, and from her core, connect. It doesn't surprise me that she feels confident in those spaces because that's what she knows. I once read this, this poem. In fact, I had it written on a mural in my home. Children are what they know. And when children, you know, hear anger, they're angry. When children hear kindness, they become kind. I always worried, you know, in those moments when I was not a perfect mom, that my kids were going to learn how to be angry or have a tantrum or I don't know, whatever I did when I was falling apart. And I'm sure that they learned some of those attributes from me, no doubt. But as I've gotten older and I've refined my listening skills and observed and learned to ask really important questions, I find out from my children that, yeah, they may have picked up, you know, some of that fiery passion and protective loyalty and um, the ability to stand up for what they believe in and, oh gosh, the list could go on. Some of those attributes come with great positives that are inspiring and some of them not, right? But I share that because as a mom, I worried that them getting to see me go through those changes that it may have hurt them or they may have had less because of it that I may have broke them or broken our family or perhaps even you know not been a good enough mom <laughs> no none of that happened I actually think that because I was or I am who I am, because I fall apart and then I get back up and try again, because I get offended but find a way to understand, because I have to practice patience and self-care and self-love, because I work on using my words with kindness and being a peacekeeper, but vigilant and protective and and all those things, right? Because they are they and I am I. 
and we together were each other's family. We were more than enough. (laughs) More than enough. My girls grew up with two amazing boys in their life, their brothers. And my boys grew up with three amazing girls in their life, their mom and their sisters. And um, it wasn't, you know, the Beaver Cleaver family, but it was our family. And um, our love, our love stood on the battlefields when each of us took our turn falling apart and being difficult and causing trouble and um, also being funny and having the best times of our lives and having the best memories and knowing that we can count on each other. And yeah, we were more than enough. Today, when I sit and take it all in, I am so impressed by the sheer fact that we could have been a statistic and we beat the odds. We overcame divorce, abandonment, abuse, We've overcome some stuff. Life wasn't always perfect. But you know what? It was perfect for us. And today, my three young adults are able to stand on their feet, contribute in life. They are healthy and connected. They look out for their little sister and me. And we all have memories and relationships that are ever-changing just like we are. We're not stuck. We're moving. And I am so proud to be a part of that moving energy that has been the greatest love of my life. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you like this podcast, subscribe. Leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Hoping that we can all grow together and keep this moving energy. Until next time, take care of you. And always know that love conquers all.